Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike and Brian Special. I've been waiting for this for the longest time. They've been too busy to stop by. And you know them as the Comfy Brothers. I know them as my single best investment on Shark Tank. And to tease you up a little, picture this for a moment. Two guys with a simple product, no sales, against all odds and opposition finally get to Shark Tank. Then when they get there with no real product, no prices, they reach in simply a year and a half, almost $50 million in sales. And a lot of it had to do with simple advice from the mother. Listen in. Well, we're in for a special treat today. Mm-hmm. We have two brothers here that are the biggest sensation that has ever hit Shark Tank. Brothers, Mike and Brian Special. And yeah. I think they have the right last name because they <laughs> are special. Uh-huh. I have never seen anyone on Shark Tank come into Shark Tank with less potential <laughs> as a warm-up. Just holding in your hand two little prototypes, no sales, no actual price as to what it was going to cost to make the damn thing, no idea what you're going to sell them for, and you just bullshitted your way right through the Shark Tank pitch. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody on the show thought you were charming, no doubt, but totally nuts as business people. But I fell for your charm, and that explains why I've picked all the wrong boyfriends my whole life. But for once, I picked some good boyfriends and invested in your business. Wow, was that a lucky day. I never saw what was coming. So why don't you start, guys, by telling me the story. How did you come up with the idea? Wow. Yeah. The craziest thing about the idea, Barb, is it was less than two years ago. So That is crazy. The fact that this is all happening, we're sitting here with you on Business Unusual, is uh, it's beyond a dream come true. We can't believe this has all happened. But it started two years ago in my house with my brother who was going through a tough time, and he'll pick up the story from there. He was staying with me. Yeah. So I was staying with my brother. The reason I was staying with him, because I was going through a tough time, going through a divorce. Not easy for anybody. It was tough. My big bro took me in. One morning, I get up, and I walk in the living room, and his seven-year-old son, Saxon, was sitting on the couch in one of his old hoodies. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only was he just sitting there, but he had his knees pulled in like oh, we do at times. Little pulled, huddle. Right. He had his arms pulled in. It swallowed him up. It was right. huge. <laughs> he, had the, he had the hood up. And so he was all just tucked in there and he's in there playing one of his video games. And I could just see his eyes peeking out. We locked eyes and uh, looked at him and said, wow, Saxon, you just look so warm and comfy. He's like, yeah, I am. I look over at my bro and I'm just like, bro, you think there's any way they make these for adults? It's like, make what? I'm like, just... Big, oversized, like, sweatshirts. Were you jealous you know? of the uh, comfortable it looked, look he had? It looked incredible. And I'm like, I've never seen anything like it. I right? mean, it was that aha moment. It was and aha. then there was, we had a, a, one of but those. But was it an aha moment for you? Were you thinking, what is he, smoking yeah, it, dope over there? No, or it kind of was. Idea? Because he has this idea, and then the wheels start grinding right then. And there, there's a uh, one of those soft Sherpa-lined blankets sitting on the couch right behind Saxon. Wow. And I said, well, what if we made it out of that? And wow. we just kind of took it from there. We're like, no, surely someone has thought of this already. There's no way that, that anyone hasn't <laughs> thought of this, as all great ideas typically start, right? Yes, of course. And we researched it and researched it and kept saying, bro, what are we missing here? Right? What, we what kept asking missing? each other. We kept asking, like, are we missing something here? Yeah. Like, we don't think we are. And we just felt like this is over the course of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. We even ordered a super 5XL sweatshirt 
off of Amazon. Yeah, just a regular sweatshirt. Just to get it and to try it and be like, yeah, this could work if we make it out of the blanket material. We weren't exactly sure why it would work. It just made so much sense. And we're like, we'll make it one size fits all. Don't have to worry about sizing. We'll make it in just a couple of colors. It could be for everyone in the world. I don't, if if I, mean, I said kids, to you at that moment in time, mm-hmm. were you feeling in every bone in your body, this is a hit, if we could do this, this is great? Or were you thinking, hey, give it a shot, let's see what happens? After we figured out that no one had done it before, we're like, oh my gosh, first of all, we need to get on Shark Tank. Well, first of all, we might want to get it made first. So we found a prototype maker. I'm shocked you even bothered to get the damn thing yeah. made. Yeah, I mean, it, it was an investment. Michael's had a pool cleaning business at the time. I was a TV producer with my own production company. So we're entrepreneurs at heart, but it was still a big investment to go out there and say, hey, we're going to spend all this money to get this prototype made. And then we went to make get the prototype made, and the guy's like, what do you want to do? Oh, okay. And so we had the prototype made, and it was on the second one, and several thousand dollars later, that... It was pretty much nailed. It was, yeah. The first prototype was okay, but Mm -hmm. we knew it wasn't to our specifications. And we went back, we refined it, and he came back with that second prototype, and we knew we had it right then. And you spent how much money on the prototype? Uh, it ended up being uh, for the two grand. prototypes. Yeah. yeah, I'd say about yeah. about ten thousand. That's, that's a lot of money. So it was real much. money. You yeah, know, but it was why real money. so much for a prototype? I think I could have put that together for about two hundred dollars if you I bought the fabric. Think it's simple, but once you get into the garment making and textile business, I mean, every measurement is so important for the flow the of fabric, the entire. Yep. Yeah, for just the flow of the entire garment. Mm-hmm. So you so were important. editing the little pieces of it as you went, making the front pocket a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. the arms longer, that kind of thing. And that's why it cost so much Down money. to the millimeter. We were going Absolutely. to Joann's to find fabric mm-hmm. and buying <laughs> blankets off of Amazon to give the materials to the prototype maker mm. in order to make these things. So it was... Uh, Two bros in, in, yeah, in uh, Joann's. It was hilarious. Yeah. Just laughing about yes. it. Like <laughs> learning about nap and <laughs> yes. softness and... Uh, oh, Sherpa. Yeah, fish out of water, for sure. You probably didn't know what Sherpa was at the time, right? I did not, but yeah. man, I, I know it now. There Everest. are so many different kinds of Sherpa. Different weights, and different And at the feels. beginning, yeah, we knew we wanted high quality, no yeah. matter what. And we knew it was Without a product for everyone. Without even knowing the price. We didn't even know the price yet or anything, but we know we wanted high quality. We knew it was a product for everyone, but we wanted to make it affordable for everyone. Mm-hmm. Affordable quality was always and still is at the forefront. And still and is. still absolutely is, yep. yeah. Was there any doubt in your mind when you were making the prototypes like, hey, listen, are we just believing our own stuff here? Well, should we really be spending this money? Are we daydreaming? Should we go back to our day jobs? Well, we never left the day jobs. No, we don't. Uh, we had to, had to still make money at, at that time, mm-hmm. obviously. I don't think there was a doubt after we saw that the finished prototype. When we saw that, we're like, that is it. This thing's going to sell. There's just no doubt in our mind. And at that time— How could you we were, be so sure, though? I don't know. I don't know. How do you know something's going to be a huge hit? I mean, who knows? But at that time, even when we were trying to get on Shark Tank, when we were, we were just starting the process of like, okay, there's an audition coming up. This is all going on about the same time. We were saying to each other, we're like, dude, this could be one of the biggest hits in the history of the show. Maybe everyone says that, right? Maybe everyone says that about— No, I don't think everyone does like say that. that. But, Man, there was just something about this product that we knew was going to make people happy and comfortable and warm. And it's not a novelty. It's not something that is here today and gone tomorrow. This is something that we always say, you have the ha-ha moment. You take it out, you put it on, (laughs) ha-ha, that's funny. And then you have the aha moment where it's like, whoa, how did I ever live without this? Really? That's what we think is what the company is uh, is all about. It's funny you say that about Shark Tank and saying how we thought it could be the best product in history and the highest selling 
We thought that from the beginning, but I think this is the first time we've actually said it out loud. Yeah, yeah I think it is too. <laughs> you know? Because it's I not as, it's not as no, crazy not, anymore. Now suddenly we're like, uh, we're like in the top 10 on the USA Today list already, you know, a year and a half into business. So now now we can say it out loud and it's actually, we can. wow. This you can happening. shout it. You kidding me? It kind of gives me the chills. And then right share here. with it's us crazy. how successful the business is in the two short years. The first year, what were your sales? Second year, it closed with what kind of sales and what are you geared for right now? We managed to do 20 million our first year. That's unbelievable. In revenue, in revenue yeah. Yeah. yeah in sales. Design and, it, produce it, yeah. deliver it, and get $20 yeah. million. Dollars. Shark- How was that humanly possible? I don't know. We and launched on Shark Tank just about a year and a half ago, incredibly enough. Yeah. And how the heck and did you get on Shark Tank? I know all the <laughs> oh, emphasis wow. on Shark Tank is <laughs> yeah. what are your sales? What's your traction? Right. You were probably well, the only business I saw in the last two seasons that actually could stand there and say you had no sales. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> How did you get past the vetting process? You know, we were kind of proud of that because a lot of people would say to us, that's Shark Tank getting back to, almost to its roots. The entrepreneurs who haven't done anything, haven't sold mm. anything, but they've got this great idea and this might turn into something. So we were proud of that. But the producers don't care if you're proud of that or not. No, not at right? all. They usually throw you right out if you don't well, have the yeah, volume. Yeah. Yeah. What are your sales and blah, blah, blah. How did you answer that? How did well, you get over that obstacle? We went to an audition <laughs> in Denver mm-hmm. in May of that year. We were on the show six months ago. Why we not from, LA we where from, you were living? There, the Shark Tank's right in LA. No, we live in Arizona. Oh, you were there then. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were in LA initially, no? No. Okay. No, we, that's another part of this story. Mm-hmm. A couple of brothers from the desert inventing a giant blanket sweatshirt. <laughs> yes. It makes no sense. No, no sense It makes at all. no sense. No it's sense so hot. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But getting on the show, we went and auditioned in Denver and we knew we had to have a hook. And just, yeah, yeah just so everybody knows real quick, when you go up to one of these auditions, I mean, you're standing in line for hours upon hours. Okay. Outside in the heat. Outside in the heat or the cold, whatever it is at that time. And there's 40,000 companies that try out for Shark Tank every year. So your chances are so minimal. We knew we had to wow. You had to stand And Brian being in TV, he knew it. So... Yeah, that's where my TV, right. I guess my TV production background kind of helped because I, Absolutely. I, I think I know what producers are looking for and how you can stand out. And How confident we're, were you standing that line competing with all the other people oh, that you would wow them, walk we, in and wow with them? We knew if we f- had the actual guts to do what we were going to do yes. with the product <laughs> that we had and with hopefully our personalities that we had a pretty good chance, even though we had no sales. We knew we had to stand out. So what was the hook going to be? In front of a junior producer. Right. One minute. And so we're, yes, how do we do this? The product's awesome, but that it doesn't just sell it. And we also said from the beginning, we wanted to be on the Christmas episode. We no actually kidding. said oh, we that. Did. We said that. Mm-hmm. It's a Christmas product. We want to be on the Christmas episode. We're lifelong Shark Tank fans. We knew they had a Christmas episode. We want to be on that. We'll take anything, of course. I remember sitting there one night and I was going through what we could do. And I was like, oh my gosh. We should sing a song. I never forget. How did that come? You never forget the phone song. call. And I sat there and I wrote the lyrics out to the song in about two or three minutes. And I called my brother because I'm like, oh, my God, are we actually going to do this? I'm like, bro, <laughs> I think we have to sing. <laughs> I think we've got to sing. Remember my How response? Exciting. Your response was, let's do it. In. Let's go. In. Let's go. <laughs> so we instantly started practicing our Amazing jingle with our amazing singing voices. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember those um, <laughs> voices as being so amazing. <laughs> but we knew that was going to be our hook, right? And so when we went up there, it's a nerve-wracking experience when you're standing in line. And then when you finally get in front of these producers, there's about five or six tables around with different producers and different entrepreneurs pitching at the same time. And we're standing in line going, oh, my God, this is going to be so loud. Oh, yeah. Gonna bring we don't hold back. No, yeah, we're going to bring this house to. on. This is our moment. Right. This is it. This is it. And so we got up there and the producer was just kind of sitting there, you know, it was toward the end of the day. She's sitting there. She looked bored. 
She's like, yeah, okay, it's the blanket sweat. Okay, It's like a cool. movie scene, isn't it? And I'm like, just brace yourself. This is going to be a little different than anything you're used to. She's like, yeah, okay, well. And we blasted into that song. We're like, this is our moment. Right. We blasted into it, have never sang before anybody in our entire lives. Were you blasted wearing your prototypes song. for that audition? We had it out, but we weren't wearing yeah. it. And she oh, instantly- Oh, no, I put it on. Yeah, I put it on later during the song, remember. She instantly, right. her eyes got big. <laughs> she reached, Fumbling. scrambled for her phone, pulls the phone out, starts recording us. Wow. Big smiles. So we, right then, I mean, we were you belting knew you this had thing it. out. We knew we had a pretty good chance yeah. at that moment. But you, so much that you have to get through to get actually onto the show. That was just the beginning. We got the call back the next day. But then the process begins for the next you know six months before you actually get on the show. And that was a battle every step of the way. And was there well. any questioning mm -hmm. on that initial audition date? What are your sales? What's this going to cost to produce? What are you selling for? Who's going to buy it? All the basic questions that Shark Tank asked. Did she question you on any of that? She didn't because I think that we didn't really give her a chance to. Thank you. Just because we knew we were going to overpower her with the song and with yeah. the presentation. They never even asked those questions. They didn't. We but knew they, they must we, have. We after knew they were coming later. They did yes. absolutely. How did you handle that when they came? They later? always told us that it's too early. It's mm, too come early. back next year. Come back next year. This happened up to the week before we were going to go to Hollywood, wow. um, where we got a call from our producer saying, "Guys, they'd kind of gone dark on us for a while, guys." It's just not going to happen. They think you're too early. They love you guys, and they, they want you to come back next year. And we're sitting there going, well, you know, it's TV. You never know if a show's going to come back for another year. This is our opportunity, and if they're going to cut us, we're going to go down swinging. We had a pity party for about— Oh, I'd say 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Which is, we've was, had, we've it, had a few a, pity parties yes. during this whole process, but they last about 30 seconds, and we say, forget that. Pick Let's yourself go. up. Pick yourself up. Go right back at them. And that's what we did. Go down so what fighting. We, so what we did after she told us that, within that hour— I had my video camera out, and we came up with this new skit called The Top Five Reasons Why You Cannot Cut the Comfy Phenomenal. from Shark Tank. How did I never we know this We put this together. Story. We put this video together. It's out there. Sent it to our producer. The next day, we got the call. She's like, I put this in front of Clay, the executive producer. They just love you guys. Be in Hollywood next week. Right. Wow. And they said that's absolutely the reason why we got back on was because of that video. Yeah. <laughs> the story doesn't end there. Before you end the story or get toward the <laughs> okay. end, which I think is going to take us about nine or 12 hours, I think, because you guys can sure talk. <laughs> oh, boy. I should be paying you for the privilege. But would you mind singing the jingle? <laughs> we have oh, not geez. done this. It's been a long yeah. time. Right. No, you we haven't done it. We haven't practiced it or anything. You sucked at it back then. And Whoa! Got you the <laughs> Want to go the full we're, jingle? We're we can do the full. I we believe, can do the whole thing. I believe we have gotten worse. Okay, I okay. believe that. This will be easy for me because I don't have to put it on. Okay. This, so. I don't know if I can do it without, that, without you putting oh, it on. Oh, come on. Okay. Just do it. Okay. I'll let you go and then we'll, I'll come I'll in. give you a beat. We got to blast it out too, right? Yeah, blast okay. out. One, two, three, <laughs> go. Tis the season of the comfy. Fa la 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 la. It's the blanket that's a sweatshirt. Fa la 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 la. Stay warm and cozy. It's the comfy, the perfect gift for anyone on your list. Get one now before they're all gone. Fa la 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 la. It's comfy <laughs> time. Fabulous. Woo! Come on. The whole studio, come on. Clap, clap, clap with these guys. Clap, clap, clap with these guys. May I tell uh, you, you sound a lot it. better. Oh, I remember you. you didn't hit any of those notes. No, well, we were more we were a little nervous. Yeah, we were a little nervous. Well, it's easy now. You have a few million dollars under your belt. Yeah, Feels a yep. little bit better, yeah, right? Well, it's it's get not back bad. to the money for a minute for me. So the first year you sold how much, and then what happened after that? Twenty million the first year, and then uh, we're projected to do well over fifty million this year. 
Were you frightened when you got those uh, deluge of orders? And how the hell did (laughs) you think you could possibly produce them? Where did you go to produce them? (laughs) You must have felt like the shit hit the fan. What do I do now? Well, fortunately, we had some help from Miss Barbara Corcoran. We were partnered with you at the time when we were just starting to get this thing actually out there before Shark Tank aired. And how much money did I invest? I forget, actually. 50000 Without how a doubt. 50000 50, For 30% yeah. of the business. For 30%. Yeah. Without a doubt, that's the best bargain in Shark Tank history. I can say that right now. It is. Well, no. Let me argue that for a minute. Oh, okay. $50,000 now looks like the best well, bargain. yes. In hindsight. In hindsight. But you were two well, guys there with all the sharks able to open their fat uh-huh. wallets. Nobody did because you had no sales, no traction, you hadn't proved your concept. So basically, you had a business worth nothing. Absolutely right. Right? You took a chance on us. Now, I'm looking like a genius. (laughs) Yes, you are They said I was a fool. When you left the set, Mark said to me, what were you thinking? (laughs) But there's a lesson there, isn't there? There's a lesson for every entrepreneur out there, and that Uh is that the sharks, with all due respect, they don't know everything. No way. They don't. If you believe in what you're doing, go for it. Don't let them hold you back. The only reason we're sitting here right now is because we had an idea and we got our asses off the couch and did something about it. And you did it and, so fast. And we did it fast, but anyone can do it. Yes. Anyone can do it. Go for it. And how fast? Let's just back up a little bit. We went from idea to in front of the sharks in six months. Unbelievable. That fast. Mm-hmm. And then it can happen. you were able to deliver all those goods within the next 12 months, which I think is an equally amazing feat. Mm-hmm. We immediately sold out on Shark Tank night. We only had one container that came in. It was about 4,000 4, units. units yeah. Easily sold out and started taking orders on top of that. And then we were back ordered until uh, May of 2018. Well, we went after the Shark Tank bump died off a little bit at the end of December. We suddenly started getting picked up on social media with these big outlets that saw our product. And they're like, well, that's fun. And they started making fun videos about it. It went crazy viral. And we suddenly sold into over 60 countries in that next month. So that was a better break than even Shark Tank. It right was. on the heels of Shark Tank. It was. I and hate it to was, say it, but And it you was. didn't do a thing for it. It was just happenstance. It was just someone. It was, it was literally going viral. Yeah. You hear it all the time. How do you go viral? You don't know. Yeah, anyone who but, tells you they know how to go viral no. is lying. Don't buy right. from people like that. But we did go viral. And, and now in hindsight, if I said to you, yeah, you went viral, that was instrumental to the first year of sales. What would you say to someone as to the reason why? Why did that happen? Is there any logic to it or it's just a crapshoot? I think it's the product. <laughs> of course. In this case, sure. yeah. In this case, it's the product that lends itself to good video and good TV, mm-hmm. right? People see it and they engage with it and they want to share it. So there's no secret except for that. And there's no secret to why that's going to happen. It just happens. That's why I say marketing agencies out there will try to sell you on, we produce viral videos. No, you don't. Uh No, you don't. You can't force it. You can't. You just can't. You can think this is going to be the greatest thing ever, and it doesn't get any engagement. Who knows what it is? What happened in year two? In year two? Which we are in the uh, yep. middle of right now, right. and halfway we're, through. But yeah, halfway, we're through. halfway through. It's only year two. Yeah, feels right, like we've been doing this for the, ten years. It's it incredible. It so does. Weird. Feels like ten years to me. It does. We so you had twenty million dollars in the first year, and so far this year, you don't have to disclose exactly what your sales are. I happen to know what they are, but what is projected reasonably for the end of the year, which I know you're on track for clearly. Minimum fifty million. Yeah, that's ridiculous. In sales by the end of the year. We honestly feel like we are just getting started. We do. We feel like maybe 5 to 10% of the country has ever even heard about the Comfy. Mm-hmm. We're just getting started. So where we can take this. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. My friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. What keeps you awake at night? What do you worry about? You're worried it's a trend that people might get tired of it. What do you think about when you start to get into your worry mode? I think the worry mode has kind of gone away. 
my worry mode ended about a year ago when <laughs> I stopped doing all the customer service and answering all the emails myself. Mm. We take it very, very personally, and we mm. don't want to disappoint anybody. And there were times when we haven't been able to deliver. deliver on time as you're scaling so fast and growing so fast. Anything that affected our customer are the things that kept and us And it was never about the did. product that upset the customer. We, yeah. The reviews and everything on the product were incredible, but it was not being able to deliver on a timely manner. So you felt, uh, as individuals, you felt ashamed or like, a, like Without my God, a doubt. how did Took I let them down? Yeah. Very personal. These and people are putting their confidence in you and you can't deliver. They gave I us mean, their money. No excuse for it. <laughs> and, and you were th- holding their money until the production yes. came through. People didn't mind that. They stayed with you on that, huh? They did. Why is that? Because you were in touch with them? You had a certain touch with people? Or they just had to have the product who were willing to wait? I think they had to have the product. Yeah. <laughs> really Again, they did. They wanted product. to get in line. Really and they knew if they ordered it, you know, months in advance that they would be the first ones to get the next order. For sure. One of the most shocking things that happened to me shortly after the show and I made my investment, I'm skiing out in Utah. I'm coming down the mountain. I thought I was seeing things. I saw five kids in different colored comfies oh skiing gosh. down the mountain with ski boots on. Like, oh, my God. Amazing. I think that's what it hit me. I thought, my God, I never thought of it as a ski outfit. Yeah. I thought it was on your living room couch. That's about it. And yeah. it made me really wonder how many different directions you can go with it. So many We thought directions. we knew all the directions you can go with yeah. it until tomorrow when we get another picture from another customer showing a new use for it. And then it you'll get that endless. idea. And it is endless can use it everywhere. How did you make the decision to get out of customer service? Was it to protect your tender heart from feeling disappointment? Because most people have a very hard time delegating early up. It got so big and so out of control that there were times when I would answer every email personally. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where there were hundreds of them, uh, sometimes a day. And I would get home with my son and he'd be like, Dad, how long on the computer now before we can go play catch or do this? That kind of stuff hits you. It's Uh like, wow, this is consume my life. It's basically 24-7. We had just scaled so fast that suddenly it just didn't make sense for me to do everything oh. myself anymore. That so. and his little brother forcing him out. Yeah. And, enough. Yeah. You've said it for not, months. It's not yeah. good for him and we need to not move on from it because you can still oversee all of it and the way that customers are being answered, you know, in the proper way. Yeah. You learn, you know, a, you for learn sure, but you need help. You learn a lot about customer service. He took service. it personally. Every email he took personally. As personally as I took it, I took equal pride in occasionally when people realize they're talking to a person, you can flip them just by doing the right thing and, oh. and being nice and, and putting yourself, yourself in their shoes. Absolutely. And I actually never found anybody I couldn't flip. People can be real jerks well, you're on a good social sales media, mean, I'm telling you. I mean, mean the things that they mean. came at you with, but, you know, they're hiding behind the computer. Yes. And, you know, and a lot of times they were right with what they were saying, but they were saying yeah. it in the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. And he took pride in it. He would turn them and flip mm. them. They would have a nice conversation after that. So if you had that kind of involvement in that, Brian, that you wanted to answer each inquiry, each complaint yourself, how do you make the decision to outsource it and actually hand over the baby to somebody else and think that is going to be well handled? I think as entrepreneurs, you can stand in the way by not getting out of the way sometimes and allowing your business to grow. If it's too much of an ego thing and you want to do everything yourself and you don't turn the business over to people who are capable of doing it, that can really stunt your growth. I think I think that happens traits? a lot. It happens all the time. I mean, exactly get in your own way. You put it perfectly. What was your decision as to who to hire and why? Did you go out with a set of ideals like we need to find someone like this or a team like this or we'll outsource it or we'll hire in? What happened there? How did you make that decision? We were fortunate enough to find someone uh, in LA, the Frogman Media Group. They had contacted us when we were smaller and then I happened to find them when we got bigger and Mm. that's when the marriage kind of happened. And we're happy because they speak in our voice. We wanted someone who would speak in our voice and always do right by the customer. So 
when you feel comfortable that things are being done the way that you would do them, mm-hmm. turn it over. And that freed you to do what? Once you had found that time, which was considerable from what you said, 100 emails a day, what did you do with that extra time? We spent a lot of time on developing the product, making sure that the quality was where it needed to be. There was a lot of that. Trips marketing. To New, trips to New York, mm-hmm. lots of we marketing stuff. We were doing stuff. everything ourselves, absolutely. Did yeah. you go to Asia at one point for production? Yeah, I went, over, went, yep, I went over to China, visited the different factories that we were getting set up at the time. Seems like uh, such a over, scary yep. proposition. I couldn't imagine putting myself on a plane, going to <laughs> China and... Hunting for a factory. I well, mean, keep in me, mind, you did yeah. set us up with an incredible, it, well, <laughs> an incredible of course CEO, I did, but still, Melinda. I set you up. I didn't set myself up. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So but she was holding your hand and she had that expertise. She did. And then uh, along with her and uh, Franca, who speaks Chinese as well, and going over there and negotiating deals and getting our prices and our costs down on anywhere from the fabric to the manufacturing side of it is so important, obviously, for the margins and everything else. But uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of learning. Mike, are there any times in the week where you just stop with the both of you together? Somewhere? Could you believe this? Every other minute? Every other <laughs> minute. Every other minute. <laughs> is this really happening? Right. So you'd always say to me, like, is this happening? <laughs> it still happens to this day. Yeah. Who's the smarter between the two of you? <laughs> Man, that's a... Should we ask most, mom? Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> is your mother available? <laughs> yeah. That's the most loaded question that there possibly could be. You I know mean, what she would say, too? She would say, well... You're my smartest 46-year-old. Yes. I'm your smartest 44-year-old. She does. She's a salesman, too. Every birthday card, you're my favorite 46-year-old. Right. You're my favorite 44-year-old. You're my favorite 9-year-old <laughs> in the whole world. So I love her yeah, already. I, I don't know who's the smartest. We could not have done this without each other. I think we both would agree with that. I mean, Michael had that idea, and I never would have thought of that, even though it was my kids sitting there two feet away from me. Michael had the idea, but then we just kind of built on it and went from there. Absolutely. And to be able to do this with your brother is... <laughs> to have the success with your sibling is... And we never would have gotten close. a Shark Tank without his experience and his TV experience and, the jingle, and everything. And course, it goes together. Yeah. Absolutely But right. we've always been close. But, I mean, to do this with your brother is just... <laughs> well, you have trust. Inc- you assume you have trust. But you don't seem to have sibling rivalry. We really don't. No. No. Really not at all. You must have fights. Maybe on the golf no, course. When we were younger. No, on the golf course. Not, not even, even golf, on the golf no, course anymore. No, you beat me by 10 strokes every time. So really? not even that. <laughs> well, you yeah. never argue. You never differ on a business Sometimes, and it affects your personal relationship. Oh, no. We have our arguments. Yeah. So for like sure. what? What was your last but, argument? Well, How do you resolve it? We'll argue about a, a different product. This is coming out before this other one and, and I don't think it should and here's why. And we'll talk it out and then we'll let our CEO decide. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that, right? That's and that, by the way, we do have to say that. Yes. The turning point in this business, you know, initially we were going to be online only. All the sharks thought that was a good idea. You I thought, thought that it was, was a great idea. idea. Yeah, just stay online, stay away from that retail. I think They'll the reason, eat you alive. I told well, you that's what we, absolutely, and that's what we kept that's hearing what we from everyone. But it was that fear that was something we didn't know. It was the great unknown. But we kept looking at each other and going, "Dude, well, tell the story about this, when we came to New York for the this first needs time. to be in Costco. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a big Costco fan. This needs to be in Costco. It's perfect. If it's lying out there on the big tables, people are going to pick it up and they're, the right. magic happens and they're going to take it. Right? We need to be in Costco. So that's where it started. So we called Mike Stevens, your guy, who also mm-hmm. did an amazing podcast with you, by the way, and he hooked us up with this little dynamo who you've worked with for a long time named Melinda Finnegan. Yeah, you get about 10 miles for every square inch of that one, Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And she has taken this company after seeing the product, putting it in her hands, going, oh, my gosh, and then having the same almost epiphany that we did. And she has taken this and absolutely run with it. She's why we've gotten into retail. She's why we're in Costco. She's why we're in Target. She's why we're in Bed Bath & Beyond. She's why we're on QVC. You know, we've got the product, but 
maybe our smartest decision was knowing when to step back and say, mm. Melinda, Again, and that decision was decision number two. That Melinda, was take it. Right. Take it. Mm. And she's the one who guides our company. And that was an extremely conscious decision. It absolutely as well was a conscious decision. But you hired her as a CEO, and we most did. entrepreneurs mm-hmm. would not do that. Mm-hmm. She was a product salesman, hugely successful, working on a commission basis. Certainly, she could have sold the product to the retail chains as who she was, mm-hmm. a commission salesman doing it for many years, but why did you decide to hire as a CEO? That's a big step beyond just having a superstar salesman. Because we knew we had to get out of the way for the company to grow. We had to. We could fake our way through it, but we don't know all the things that she knows. We don't have the relationships she has, and we don't have the experience that she has. How were you able to trust her? Because that's taking a big step of just entrusting your whole family to Melinda. Well, she's an excellent salesperson. She <laughs> sold us very well. Yes. She sold us very well, but then the results started happening almost right away. Before she was a CEO, you know, she was proving herself to us, and she suddenly got us into Bed Bath & Beyond, right? And suddenly we're on QVC, and everything that she said was going to happen is happening. Happening. And so that's when we decided that it was time to really step back. But it was and yeah, and run it, it wasn't just about the sales either. It was that trip to China that I was talking about. It was getting the cost down. So mm. it was not she was making the sales, but she was also driving the cost down at the same time. Fights for increasing every our penny. margins. Yep. Every single penny she fights for. Well, just for the sake of people listening to the podcast, we are, I have to be upfront on this, we are using a fictitious name for Melinda because okay. we don't want anyone hiring her. So, okay. No, so we're just saying Melinda, she's Melinda, not going Melinda, 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 Melinda. No, she's not she's going anywhere. She's comfy for life. Yeah. You know, I met Melinda probably the first season on Shark Tank with the first product I bought into, which was a medicine dispenser owned by a young woman named Tiffany. She's 22. She had no sales, exactly the same pitch. I'm sure it will sell. I'm sure it will sell. Well, ultimately it didn't sell very well, but I met Melinda and that was the best thing on that deal. Because she came knocking on my door and she said, I can take this. I can take it to the pharmacies. Give me a chance. Give me a chance. And then I could never get rid of her with every product I ever sold. She was always coming at me, coming at me. Oh, God, it's Melinda again. But what she had was that wonderful characteristic of persistence, whether she was right or wrong, whether she could sell something. It's like no motivates her. It does. Yeah, if you say right. no to her, forget right. it. Yeah, tell forget tell, it. tell the listeners what we did today to poor Melinda when we were doing a business meeting. We're just going over our plans for the next year. Melinda made some big claim that she was going to do. I forget what the claim was. She's always making claims, but then she comes through. But what did we do together? We shouted at her, you can't do it, right? Yep. Yeah. I had to give you the lines. You were yeah. there. You remember that? You that was 10 minutes it. ago. Yeah. <laughs> the end of the meeting kind of overtook everything oh, else. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even remember anything else. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High level <laughs> stuff, which is <laughs> what we always wanted to be a part of. Just the yes. high level stuff. Yes. For sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah I don't so, are you afraid of what the future holds? What keeps you awake at night? Hmm. Oh, it used to be the uh, knockoffs. Getting knocked off was a huge thing. You sure for you us, still for have sure. knockoffs. You know, oh, there's plenty of knockoffs out there already. And that's. Any entrepreneur's, I think, biggest fear. You know, you're scared to get it going because the only way to get a product going is to put it out there and trust mm. people. You know, when you're going to China, you're going to the manufacturers, it takes a lot of trust, but you can't let that stop you. You have to go for it no matter what. And the knockoffs will come. And when they did come hot and heavy early on, three months after, three months after a Shark cheaper Tank, version of the original cheaper company. version and <laughs> cheaper they, price. it was everywhere. Oh, it was, it was hard. on TV and, and in you, the stores. And I remember what you said to us. You're like, you know what? Take it as a compliment mm. and put your head down and keep going. Mm-hmm. I also went beyond take it as a compliment because I happened to know one of the biggest producers of the knockoffs who was a mm-hmm. personal friend. And it was a shock for me to realize he was a knockoff guy on TV. Mm-hmm. And when I went to 
interfere in the deal and ask him, hey, you're knocking us off. What are you doing that for? He wasn't going to budge. And he made what many entrepreneurs would have seen as a viable offer. He said, let them sell their stuff. I'll keep knocking them off. They sure as hell don't have a patent. He had a big law firm behind them. And he said, I'll give them a percentage of everything I sell and they could have two streams of income. He wanted you to go away. Just do your little thing right. and I'll do my big thing. And he projected something like $20 million in sales in a year. He thought he'd give you 10%, 15%. Now I can't remember the number. And I came to you and say, calm down, boys. Just look at the reality here. What do you want to do? I was shocked when you didn't give it a second's thought. <laughs> exactly and I right. have to say, I didn't agree with you at the time. I said, whoa, you're going to have your cake and eat it too. Don't get hot under your collar. You're so hot under your collar, I was afraid to touch you. Right. <laughs> you're like, that son of a... <laughs> Beyond personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond mm -hmm. personal. Mm -hmm. It's like he personally attacked you in your gut. I saw, ah, he's a businessman. This is what he does for a living. He does it all the time. Yeah, but you just walked away from it. I had to say to you, I admired and respected your courage in that decision. And I, can, I was shocked. And I can tell you right now, after that happened, that mm -hmm. only motivated us even more. We're mm. both very competitive I think without that happening, we would not be halfway where we are right now. That motivated us so much. Then give him 10% so of your profits. Much. Absolutely. We'll never thank him for it. We of course not. won. We won. We won. Yes. That crap garbage product. Got off the market. Did not do well. Like three, four months later, it had disappeared, right? Yeah. Yep, it was they're like they're on to their next everywhere. ones doing the same thing. And those, other entrepreneurs. And those retailers who are doing business with him are now doing business with us. Yes. Again, if you believe in yourself, stick to what you believe in. It works. Sometimes. <laughs> I almost feel like I should end it on that note because it's so motivational and you hear it all the time. But the difference in hearing from you today is you're living it, you're breathing it, you're proving it. If I wanted to be a devil's advocate or be a cynic and try to argue against anything you're saying or feeling or concluding, I'd have to be out of my mind. It's so convincing. Thank you. The last thing I want to say, I know you want to end this, but I really want to say this. No, you really... go on as long as you want. Okay. It's so entertaining and this... so interesting <laughs> and every word counts for so much. This really, uh, this is very important to us. We do want our story to be inspiring. We do want people to know the power of taking action. And it all goes back to our parents. They're not entrepreneurs. Sure, Still are not. People. They're, <laughs> they're retired now, but they're the most encouraging people possible. And our mother who gets scared to death of anything entrepreneurial. She just wants us to get a nine to five job, a 401k, right. two weeks vacation and, you know, stability. She's scared to death of this stuff. But what she says to us is three words, three words. She says to us over and over again, and you finally believe it. Why not you? Wow. Why not you? And she says that over and, and over and, to and, us. And guess what, mm -hmm. mom, why not us? You know, it happened. And, and here we are. she's been saying that to you since you were a kid? Absolutely. On any success story, she'll say, hey, why not you? Why not you? Why can't that be you? Why is that? This doesn't have to be somebody else. Well, you know what it she was indirectly you. doing, Go too. Go make she it happen. Was, not only was she encouraging you, but she was creating a competitive heart. Think yeah. about yeah. that. If my mother said to me, why not you get A's? I would hate that kid who got an A and have to get an A to mm -hmm. beat him. Did you feel that that kind of an upbringing made you more competitive? Because you self-confessed <laughs> a minute ago you're super competitive. I think in hindsight, we are pretty dang competitive. Yeah. yeah. Does, does that come from that? It might. Yeah. Never Part thought of it of for sure. That introspectively yeah. before. Yeah. It, it might. And Absolutely. also faith in yourself. That's the main mm -hmm. message. Yeah. We have to mention our father as well. Well, before you go on Just to your dad, quick. Okay. let's stay with you, Mother Man. Do you okay. go and tell her this? Do you oh, tell yeah. her, Mom, what a difference you made? If you go to our website and read our story, that's a big part of it. And it is. 
like I said, she's someone who is not interested in the entrepreneurship. It scares the hell out of her. And it scares the but, hell out of her for her boys to be out doing something that where there is risk. And you had real jobs first. Yes, we did. And we had to give those up eventually. And that what <laughs> a happy thing to do. That was tough do. as well. It was, yeah. There's risk, but there is reward. You know, why not you? It says it all to us. We don't say it to her enough. We, we tell you that. We don't. Oh, I'm sure that's very normal. I bet you do. Yeah. The brothers and dad, and we're always talking sports, and she always <laughs> feels left out and that she's not being listened to. Mom, we heard you loud and clear. We did. Yeah. And we love you, Mom. How about your dad? He has been part of the business uh, since the beginning. Really? I, mean, he I was, didn't feel his presence at all in any conversations we've yeah, had. Yeah, he's the behind-the-scenes numbers guy, oh. handling all the finances. And is that for his sure. background? It is. He was a systems analyst. He was retired for 10 years, and then uh, we unretired him. <laughs> He's probably you loving what. every bit of it, <laughs> or is he not? Yeah. You no, he loves it. You, you want to pinch pennies, you go hire your uh, dad. Your <laughs> yeah. Your How do you know the old planner. man's not stealing from you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we know this guy. He just wants to see his boys have success. He must and, be thrilled every day of the week. Oh, without a doubt. As the money comes in, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, Does right. he ever say anything about the millions? I mean, it's not 100,000 in sales. It's millions and millions and millions and more millions. Any comment about that? I think mom and dad are as blown away as their boys are. Yeah. It doesn't seem real. I mean, it's all happened very fast. It is, it's the American dream. Want to say anything else? Like today? you say, American dream on steroids. It is. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. It is. It's been a year and a half into this since we And launched. it happened to us. And yet, again, mm -hmm. I can't believe it happened to us. We look at each other and say, wow, is this really happening? But then go back to what mom says. Why not you? So why not us? Here we are. And we're just getting started. We are. <laughs> to that I say amen. Thanks for being here. Thank you for Thank everything. Thank you so Bart. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, guys, it's Brian from The Comfy. Thanks for listening to our interview with Barb. We had so much fun. Hey, we'd like to extend a special offer to all you Business Unusual listeners. If you'd like to try The Comfy, the original blanket sweatshirt, go to thecomfy.com and get 15% off by using the code BC15 at checkout. That's thecomfy.com and use the code BC15. Thanks and enjoy The Comfy. We think it's the most comfortable thing you'll ever wear. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.